0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our city campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. My name is Hannah and I'm the Kids and Youth Pastor here. And honestly, it's the biggest joy and privilege to come and bring the Word tonight. I um, I've been so inspired and challenged and also just loving our Rhythms of Grace series. So far... We have looked at simplicity, we've looked at prayer, we've looked at Scripture, and we've looked at having a Sabbath. And today we're wrapping things up talking about hospitality, which is why the space kind of looks a bit different to what it usually does. But it's the first rhythm for us that's not completely about us as individuals. It's actually about an outwards focus. And this sounds corny, but I wonder if you've ever actually intentionally thought about the beauty and the depth of true hospitality. When I was given this topic to preach on, I was so excited because I really do feel like it runs in my blood, it's in my veins. And that's because I grew up with my mum as a hospitality teacher. I was the one who would run to the hospitality rooms and eat all of her demos and bring all of my friends. I was the coolest, no, I wasn't the coolest, Um, but it made me cooler. Um, (laughs) I started in the coffee shop at Gateway Mackenzie as soon as I was old enough to apply, which was like 11, 12. I've done hundreds of functions, no joke. I've done eight course degustation menus, three course meals for 300 plus and catered for 2,000 plus. I've managed coffee shops. I worked at Bloom over in Cambodia for a year, which was so fun. I did a degree in this. I've done hotel management and international tourism as my first degree. I catered weddings and engagements. I'm the event coordinator at Gateway in my other part of the week. And honestly, there is a whole bunch more, but you really get the gist. (laughs) For the longest time, I genuinely wanted to start a cafe or a restaurant that helped and loved people and created a beautiful space of escape for them. But it's funny how God works because here I am. And at that point, I really thought hospitality was all about food. But now in my kids and youth role and in my events role, I figured out that I get to create spaces weekly where people feel safe and loved and valued and cared for and relaxed. And I realised this too is hospitality. So tonight, I hope you might feel safe and valued and loved, and you might stick around because after the service, we're going to do something a little bit special. I want a bit extra to show you how much I love you guys, and we might get to share life with one another and just sit and have a meal together. It's just finger food, but you can go out for dinner afterwards if you really want to. Um, But tonight, we're simply going to look at what, why, and how. What is it? Why is it so important and how do we do it? But let's pray to kick things off tonight. Lord Jesus, I really feel so passionately about this topic of hospitality. I personally love it so much, but I don't love it anywhere near as much as you love it. And so tonight I just ask that um, I would be your mouthpiece, that you would use me to speak um, your words and your goodness and your grace over us. Lord, you would inspire our hearts to love others extravagantly through food and entertainment and fun and time around the table. Lord Jesus, I'm nervous because I want to speak with clarity and with passion and with enthusiasm, but also with a gentleness because that's what hospitality is all about. It's all about coming down, stripping away all of the fancy things and just being together and loving each other. And so Lord, I just ask that I would speak with clarity tonight and you would use me in all the ways that you want to. In your mighty name we pray, amen. So first, what is hospitality? I did a quick word cloud search when I was looking at this to just get an initial understanding of what I think, of what the world thinks of hospitality, and this is what I found. It's a lot, but it's really interesting. Hospitality is so many things, and this was the top word cloud that I found. But then the third top one, I know that's not great English, was this one. And what I found very interesting was that the first image was all the tangibles, it was the practicalities, and it was truly focusing on the service industry, which I know and love. But this one looks at the emotions and the why behind what we do it. And tonight, I truly want to hit both of those. So, the definition of hospitality is the friendly and generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Now before a bunch of you disconnect, if you burn water, you are not excluded from being hospitable. Please know that hospitality is so much bigger than your ability to cook. Being hospitable is also not just for the extroverts out there. This practice is for everyone. And I really truly love that it's part of our Rhythms of Grace series because it is a rhythm that we have to embed into our everyday and it's also a discipline because if you don't particularly enjoy it, it has to be something that you discipline yourself to make part of your life. Hospitality and being hospitable for me is about serving. It's a heart posture, a way to truly love God and to love others. It's creating spaces where people feel loved and valued and cared for. It can be incredibly simple. It can be incredibly extravagant. And it is everything in between. John Mark Comer did a series on hospitality and called it Radically Ordinary Hospitality. And I love that, what a title. Hospitality is time around the table to share life. And if you don't have a table, that's so fine. It's time to share life at a cafe, on a park bench, on a picnic blanket, a beach towel, maybe a trampoline, a uni study desk, over a boost juice, the list truly goes on forever. It's creating time and space to share your life open up your heart and home to others and love them over a meal, maybe a cup of tea. Sometimes I just love opening a box of cereal because how good is eating dry cereal and it's cheap or even just a, bod- a cup of water. Throughout the night, I have this verse that I wanna keep referring us back to. It's a moment when Jesus is talking to his disciples and it says this, In Matthew 25, 35 to 40, it will be on the screen, 24 to 30, it will be on the screen behind me. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will end him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Obviously they were very confused, but the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. It's a beautiful description of hospitality, and I'll refer back to it all throughout this message. But you see in this passage that hospitality truly is a heart posture, it's intentional, thoughtful, and it is actually quite intimate. I think for people, for some people, hospitality truly comes as a gift. It's natural to them, it's um, easy, and it fills them with so much joy. But for others, it requires a lot of thought and planning and intentionality, which is why it is a discipline. Because how many of you know that opening up your home to other people to come in is not always as simple as it sounds? Honestly, I remember when I first moved out of home, I was so excited because I wanted to invite all the people over all the time. I wanted to cook them extravagant meals and host awesome dinner parties and picnics in my backyard. And I've lived out of home for maybe like four or five years and could probably count on my hands how many times I've actually hosted the fun dinner parties that I had envisioned in my head because it's truly expensive. (laughs) And it takes so much mental preparation and I want the house to be clean and I need to check in with my roommates and my life is busy and tiring and more often than not I just want to come home, lay on the couch or my bed and watch Netflix because that is so much easier and so much cheaper. And your home is truly an intimate place to invite other people. It's a place where you relax and unwind. And for some of us, having people over is so far from relaxing and unwinding. But it's a really important thing to do. On another note, naturally our society is becoming more and more individualistic. It's all about us and how we feel and we don't always love making the sacrifices that don't suit our schedule or our energy levels or our budget. It's so much easier to stay at home, watch Netflix, than go out for a meal or invite people over and carve out the time. But the absolute beauty of hospitality is that it doesn't have to be extravagant, it just has to be intentional. And how, how good is it that we can have Uber Eats and it just comes to our door rather than slaving over a hot stove. But we talk about our generation becoming more and more lonely than ever before. So I wonder if what is hospitality becomes a mission or movement rather than a burden. It becomes a chance for us to think outside of ourselves and radically love people in a practical way. We care for them and show how important it is and how fun it is to do life with people so closely and not just think about ourselves. It truly becomes a missional movement, which leads me to why it's so important. Simply put, If Jesus valued it so highly, I think we ought to as well. And I could leave it at that, but I'd rather explain why I think Jesus thought it was so important because I reckon it will challenge us tonight. So let's look at Jesus's life. His life centred around relationships. Time and time again, we hear how he invited people over or he invited himself over. He broke bread, he shared meals. Jesus practised hospitality, but he also received it himself. He showed us that hospitality was not just about sharing a meal, but it was a way of taking away all status. He was the king of the universe, and he made time for anyone and everyone. He identified with them, and he made them a part of his community, a point which the Pharisees both understood, but... (laughs) pretty much reveled the whole situation. So let's look at Jesus' life and see some demonstrations of hospitality. First, Jesus' first miracle was an act of hospitality. He turned water into wine at his friend's wedding. He frequently ate with tax collectors and sinners, which was so frowned upon in this time. There's a story of a guy called Zacchaeus who was really short. And because Jesus didn't have a home, he invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house, which is actually a big honour for Zacchaeus, just so you know. But if you think you need your own place to practice hospitality, you don't. You can come to my home, this home. Um, So many of the parables he talked about was hospitality. He talked about banquets where none of the important people showed up and the host invited anyone and everyone off the street and those who were poor and the strangers. Just kind of like the verse that I read before. The story of the Good Samaritan, a guy came and picked him up off the street and showed him incredible hospitality as the guy was left beaten and dead. The prodigal son was thrown a banquet when he returned home. In the Beatitudes, when Jesus is talking from the Sermon of the Mount, he says how important it is to give to the needy expecting no return no reward. He also received beautiful acts of hospitality. One of my favourite stories in the Bible is when the lady brought her alabaster jar before Jesus, knelt down, broke it over his feet and washed his feet with her hair. And he himself then, the king of the universe, got down on his knees and washed his disciples' feet as well. He performed miracle after miracle where he was preaching to thousands of people but did not let them go hungry. He di- Just before he died, he broke bread and shared his final meal with the disciples which is what a practice we continue to do in communion. And then when he defeated death and rose from the grave, he visited the disciples in their homes and I'm sure they would have had great celebrations in their homes at that point. But can I tell you, even the enemy knows the significance of food and sharing a meal. From the beginning of time, what happened? Adam and Eve were in the garden and they were tempted with a piece of fruit. And when he tested Jesus in the wilderness, the first test was with a meal to quench his hunger and his thirst. Jesus knew that when we share a meal together, All status goes out the window. It's no longer a power play. When the woman with the alabaster jar filled with a year's worth of salary in this perfume, poured it out over his feet, he knew that this was an incredible sacrifice for her. He let her serve him with this sign of worship. Which is why I love hospitality so much, because I think truly at its core, it is a sign of worship to our Father. That verse I was looking at before, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Every dollar I spend is his. Every room in my house is his. Every friend he blesses me with is a gift from him. And I get to love these people, you guys, with intentionality, with my time, with my home and with my food. John Mark Comer said, it's not about entertaining. Jesus' was to, Jesus's mission was to seek and save the lost. And his method was to eat and drink with people. Jesus saved people one meal at a time. And yes, I can count on my fingers all the extravagant times where I have hosted people in my home just like I dreamed about, but it has been my absolute joy to think of the times when I've invited people over for a cup of tea, for some cookies, to watch a movie, to play a board game and truly make the best memories and do life with one another. 1 Peter 4 verse 8 to 9 says, Above all... Love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. In Greek, hospitality, in Greek the original language that the Bible was written in, hospitality is... Philoxenia. I hope I said that right, which literally translates to a friend to strangers. For Greeks, hospitality is so much deeper than we currently think it is. It's an unspoken cultural law that expresses generosity and courtesy to strangers, which is something I would love to get better at. I know sometimes I just invite friends, but I would love to invite anyone and everyone over. The Greeks were incredibly generous, inviting other people to their house and inviting themselves over to other people's. In villages, it's not uncommon uncommon for a villager to show up to a resident foreigner or even a temporary visitor renting a room with a sack of fresh tomatoes or even a bottle of local olive oil. I'm not a big fan of tomatoes, but you can bring other stuff to my house if you'd like. In Jesus' time, people were travelling all the time and travellers had to rely on the hospitality of others. Think about when Jesus was born. There was no room for them anywhere, but this couple said, you can have our barn because that's all we've got, but we'll give it to you because we know how important this is. It was so, such a beautiful act of hospitality for them. So one thing I think is important to understand through this cultural representation of hospitality is that it's really important to receive it as well as give it. I also just wanna add that hospitality and loving others like Jesus did, especially over a meal or food is non-confrontational. Everyone has to eat. I do reckon Jesus practised it so much because there was no pressure, no expectations and no status when he sat down at a table. Jesus, the King of the universe, still had to eat and he chose not to sit in a palace by himself and eat all the most expensive food like other kings and queens would, but he sat at the floor, on the floor with anyone and everyone. It's non-confrontational. It's real, it's raw, and it's beautiful. A lady named Rosaria Butterfield, is that how you say it? Yes, great. Um, Wrote a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, and it is a beautiful story. She talks about hospitality being the ground zero of faith. She lived as an out lesbian feminist in New York, and the LGT... LGBTQ community was her loved community. They were organic and fluid and their doors were always open and they were so loving towards each other. They dealt with crisis together and they cared for one another. And she went on this journey where she wanted to write a book on why religious right is such a hateful community. She was curious as to why people use the Bible in a hateful way towards people like her. So she wrote an editorial and it got lots of attention from a lot of people, but she got this letter from a Presbyterian pastor amongst the attention. And him and his wife were simply inviting her over for dinner and she thought it was the perfect opportunity to get an unpaid research assistant. They were fine that she wanted to read the Bible and critique it as much as she wants. So she began this research journey that in her words said, changed her life, but it wasn't the research that changed her life. It was the way this couple practiced hospitality, week in, week out. Their home was a living, breathing example of the theology that we believe in and that these pastors were preaching. So week in, week out for two years, they had dinner and she could ask all the questions and they were so gracious. She knew that she wasn't a project for them, but it was a joy for her to be in their home and for them to serve her. They had different worldviews and lifestyles, but it was the love and the care and the consistency of the couple simply inviting her to dinner that showed her how loved she was and how valued she was by the king of the universe. So why should we practise hospitality? In my opinion, and I think in Jesus' opinion, It breaks down barriers. It's an act of worship to our Father. It switches the focus from us to others. It's a way of practically loving and caring for and valuing anyone and everyone. It helps us become a little more like Jesus in an act of obedience, as I reckon this is what He's called us to do. Plus, it fills our hearts as well. God did not design us to do life alone, but he designed it for us to do life with others. And around the table, I reckon, is a truly great way to do it. So finally, how do we do it? I know I've kind of touched on this all throughout my message, but it's super practical. Hospitality involves intentionality and effort. It is a discipline that we must make part of our everyday lives. And can I tell you from the start, hospitality is going to cost you. (laughs) It's going to cost you time and energy, effort, money, resources, and a lot of the time, comfort. It's a rhythm that we have to build into our lives. And it requires us to choose to be with others and open our lives up and be vulnerable and love everyone radically. You can practice it in your home, in your workplace, at uni, if you're on holidays, at school, you can practice it everywhere. So how do we do it? How do we actually practice hospitality? I'm going to give you some ideas to kick you off if this sounds terrifying and you don't know where to start. So if you need to jot these ideas down, go for it. But my recommendation, first and foremost, is to start with the people you love and care for. It's a lot easier when you're amongst friends than with strangers. It's also important to do with strangers, but I recommend starting with people that you love and care about. And my first piece of advice on that is, let's stop waiting for others to initiate. (laughs) In our generation, you will be waiting forever. (laughs) And you will be sorely disappointed. Because if we all wait for one another... Nothing's gonna happen. (laughs) So message people to catch up, whether that be one-on-one or in a group of people, it doesn't matter. And if you don't want people coming over to your house, invite them to a cafe, a restaurant, a park bench, a picnic rug. find a neutral ground that is non-confrontational for you both. If you are comfortable, invite people into your home. Set the table, grab some music. Fairy lights are a great and cheap investment for an awesome, calm and relaxing space. (laughs) Create a comfortable, relaxing space where you are super present and you can do all of life together. The good, the bad and the ugly parts, it's important. If you're worried about conversation, bring a board game a card game or do an activity. This week, a whole group of us went to trivia and honestly, it was so good. Um, Quizmeisters host trivia all across Queensland and it's free, subtle plug. Um, but if you look on their website, it's a great thing to invite friends to. We had so much fun, it was awesome. You can do barefoot balls, putt-putt, a beach day, shopping, walk around South Bank, Goma, Botanic Gardens, go for a hike or walk along the beach. If you don't wanna spend money, there are so many options in there where you don't have to spend a lot of money. Time and energy wise, you need to carve it into your schedule. You don't have to fill your weeks to overflowing. Extroverts, you might like to do that. But introverts, maybe once a week once a week, once every two weeks if you need to, but plan it in advance so that you know it's coming up, you can conserve your energy and you can have it in your schedule. Money-wise, one of my things that I do that I would recommend is put an account in where each time you get paid, you put money aside for time spent with others. That's what I do so that I know that it's not gonna put me out. And I can do extravagant things if there's a lot in there or really simple things if there's only a little. Another thing I would say is, and probably the thing that I think is most important is that you have to be really thoughtful when you're practising hospitality. It makes the biggest difference. So my key tip for this is being thoughtful. If you're confident enough, ask them or try and figure out what their love language is. If you don't know what a love language is, I'm going to tell you. Maybe this person likes gifts. If they do, then you put a bit extra money aside and you buy dinner for them. That will show them that you really love them. Maybe acts of service is their love language. So you send them home before you do the dishes, that will be an act of service to them. If their love language is quality time, which I would say hospitality is always quality time, but you need to be really present. Put your phone away and give them your undivided attention. All distractions removed, removed you and them present together. If they love words of affirmation, speak words of life and joy and encouragement throughout your conversation. Be intentional throughout the night. And if physical affection is their love language, maybe you can give them a hug as they come in and a hug as they leave. Really think about the people that you're dealing with and where they are at and what would be best for them. Maybe at the moment, what's best for them I'm looking at you, uni students, you can make a meal and drop it off because exams are crazy and they just genuinely don't have the time. Maybe that will be an incredible blessing for them. But the end of this year is gonna be huge for all of us. Christmas is approaching and all the things happen, but I really encourage you to carve time out really intentionally and love extravagantly in this season. Because like those pastors in that story, inviting people into your home and your life and loving them without barriers could be life changing for them. You have no idea how life altering it could be them. Amen. But for us, if you love God, Jesus sees everything that you do and for Him, it's an act of worship. It's an act of saying, God, I what I have is not my own and I want to do life with these people and I want to do it really well. I want to do it really well. As we humbly do this before our God, not only will we be deeply changed, but we also get to receive the gift of, gift of hospitality from each other. Tonight, I hope this space is a gift of hospitality for you guys. So, My response tonight is really simple. I wonder if we could all stand right now. If we all could could stand. Honestly, I don't think that this message is just for one or two of us. If you disconnected, I'm really sorry, but I think it's really important for you. Um, It is for all of us. And I wanna pray for us tonight that we would be a church, a place where people walk in off the streets and feel really loved and really cared for. And that we would become a group of people that become more like Jesus because of the way we serve others and love others and follow in His footsteps that we would be we would through radically ordinary hospitality love people in extraordinary ways i think it can be simple it can be extravagant whatever it looks like i think it's for all of us tonight so i wonder if you might just close your eyes and i would just love to pray for us as a church and for you as you open up your homes and you open up your lives or bank accounts or cereal box or whatever that looks like, that it would be a really incredible time of God filling you up, but also you getting to invest and love others. Lord Jesus, I just lift up us as a community, first and foremost, I really desperately want this building, this place, this church, this group of people to love extravagantly, to serve others with our whole entire heart, to be so willing to even get on our knees and worship You in a way we do hospitality. Lord, let us be generous with our time, with our energy, with our effort, with our budget, with our homes, with our spaces, Lord Jesus. I just ask that as people come in off the streets, we would show them a glimpse of what it's like to be loved by the King of the universe. Lord, let us walk in Your footsteps and love people in radically ordinary ways. Whatever that may look like, we just give this church, we give this space to You. And for each and every person here, I truly do wanna pray a blessing over them. Lord, it does require sacrifice. It does require intentionality. But with that comes so much blessing from the King of the universe who has called us to do these things. Lord, I pray that it would be a priority in our life, that we would carve time into our weeks and that we would see you do miraculous things through a simple invitation for people to come and do life so closely with us in whatever that may look like for us. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. We're just gonna simply sing a song now for the sake of the world. And it has beautiful lyrics that talk about abandoning our own desires and just giving them to Him because He so deserves it. So why don't we just worship Him with singing tonight.